G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. On a Wednesday, we take some time to address your questions around Christians and money. Our talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. Alex Cook from Wealth with Purpose back with us. Hi, Alex. Welcome back to 2020. Hey, Neil. Great to be with you as always. Hey, Alex, uh, while uh, listeners are thinking about their own questions, uh, let's come around a topic which really just forms foundations for us. Building blocks mm. for biblical money management. What's the starting point, do you think, for biblical money management? Mm. Well, look, it's uh, as you say, it's an important issue that we've all got to grapple with. We're all dealing with money day in, day out. Um, so to me, there are probably two key elements that we all need to grapple with as a starting point. The first thing is how we think about money, and the second thing is how do we behave with money. They're the two big drivers of a lot of financial outcomes. So when we think about money, the question is what we know about it, is it in fact true? In other words, what you believe about money, what you've heard through friends, family, through through church, through media, etc., is what you believe about money true? Because if it's not true, what you you know and believe, then that will obviously have a flow-through effect to the way you behave with money. So the starting point is getting the thinking right and making sure we think biblically about it. And then the second part is then how we behave with money. And probably, I guess, the simplest way to think of it as an example in terms of how we think about money, one of the beliefs in our society and Western culture is this view that we need debt in order to get ahead, you know, to build wealth and so forth. And what that's led to in our culture, particularly Australia, is now the second most indebted households on earth because we believe so strongly we need debt in order to get ahead. But when we then look at what the Bible says, now the Bible never paints debt as sinful or anything like that, but it does warn us that debt can lead to slavery. So the Bible takes quite a different position. And so the issue here is if we're getting our thinking and our you know, our wisdom and knowledge from the world as opposed to from God's word, then that may lead to behaviors that are going to be less than ideal. And of course, my concern um, for many Australians, and I've warned listeners about this before, is just simply uh, that you don't want to find yourself in a couple of years time enslaved to your mortgage uh, because of um you know, interest rates starting to rise again. So getting that thinking right, biblical thinking is critical. And then that will, of course, lead to better behaviours with money. And of course, we can talk about behaviour as well. Before we move on from this, uh, the way we think about money is going to affect the way we behave about money. And uh, so all of the influences, and perhaps there are influences coming from a lot of different dimensions here, Alex. Not only the Mm. way we were raised, our own parents attitudes to money uh, shaping the way we think but every marketing department in the country that wants us to buy their product uh, (laughs) even even then the political ideologies that we're exposed to on a daily basis these things are all uh, they're all shaping the way we think about money so when we behave with that money in that way it's because 
we're shaped that way. Absolutely. And, you know, you're spot on. I mean, and when we look in our society today and what you hear on in the media particularly, uh, it's very money focused. And, you know, I think it's, you know, when you think about politics and the election, I think it was what was Bill Clinton that said um, famously before the election, it's the economy stupid. <laughs> you know, money has become such a huge part of people's uh, lives in terms of how we think about it day to day. Um, but as I say, the challenge for believers is making sure that we actually have a correct view of money. And that to me is uh, is an area where, because we're so easily influenced by all the things that are going on around us, we often don't hold a biblical position around money. So for example, do most Christians that are listening, do they believe that their money is their money or do they believe it's God's money? Just that little principle alone um, will shape how you think about it. Because if you think it's your money, I've worked hard for it, then you'll tend to think, well, I'll go and spend it on me because you know, I want to earn the rewards of hard work from you know, all my uh, efforts. But if you take the view, hang on a minute, my money is God's money and I've got to glorify him with it, then I'm going to be thinking about, oh, how can I, what can I sow into? How can I be generous to people? You know, how do I have an eternal focus with my money? So the mentality that we have will drive it uh, significantly. Um, possibly the other example I always give is, you know, I have a financial planning business and so I deal with Christians daily in terms of their goals and objectives. And one thing that's always been obvious to me is that many Christians have very worldly financial objectives. Now, we've got to live in the world, so there's certain things we've got to think about, you know, raising kids and paying bills and mortgages and retirement, all that kind of thing. But many of them, particularly when they talk about retirement, their objectives are just the same as everybody else. It's just go on a holiday, spend time with family. There's not often a great deal of depth to the kingdom perspective that we need, knowing that we're here for a short time, that we're all going to be held to account, and that we want to make a difference with what God's given us. And that's where we need to change. That's why we've got to get our thinking much more biblically aligned than what it currently is today in Western culture. Wonderful context in that, because if I leave God out of it altogether, I might say, oh, I don't believe in God. Well, what you do with your money is up to you. If you say, I do believe in God, you recognize that we're shaped, as you say, by a a worldly attitude, those things that have shaped us in a worldly way that is not godly. But we have to come around as we're Christians to where God fits in all of this. So where does God come into the money management? Uh, Some levels of understanding here, Alex. Yeah, look, absolutely. Look, the first thing I'd say to people is you've got to start involving God in your financial decision making. Often, as we see, we see money, we don't often see it as a spiritual exercise. We see it as a secular exercise. You know, I go to work, I earn my money, I pay my bills. And we see it as quite a secular thing. We don't see it for what it really is. And that is that money is deeply spiritual uh, and that Satan particularly is trying to use money against you as a weapon against you, you know, enslave you or to have you focus on things that are not of God. So in that sense, God needs to be in money management in our day-to-day decision-making and get him involved, particularly when you're thinking about big purchases. You know, am I going to buy a house and take on a big mortgage? You really want God's guidance and God's wisdom. And, you know, the remarkable thing about Christianity, of course, is God gives us his Holy Spirit to to guide us, um, comfort us, and, and so forth. So we need to bring him into it. We also need to mentally come to a place where we realize that God is our provider. Um, 
you know, we're living in a world that is increasingly chaotic and, you know, a lot of the topics you deal with on, on 2020 show, show how chaotic it is. You know, we talk about religious freedom and all these kind of issues that you're dealing with. Um, we are going into a, I guess, more uncertain period than we've been used to in the West and therefore we need to trust God with our money. So we need to acknowledge him as our provider and as our source um, as the starting point. And then when we realise that, we then say, okay, well, how can I be a good steward how can I manage what God has put into my hand well so that I can use it in ways that are very productive for him? And the final part to that is the glorification of God. You know, God gives us money and he gives us our short time here on earth that once you become a believer, our goal is to glorify him and draw people to him. And we've got to do that with our money. Do you think we often have difficulty appreciating the spiritual side of money, as you say? I mean, if we've got cash in our hand... That's tangible. We don't think of that as spiritual. Perhaps it's easier to understand the spirituality of money if we're only ever dealing with, uh, you know, electronic transfers of our cash. But this spiritual side of money, uh, a little bit of extra detail here, Alex, on how that affects the individual. Someone who claims to be a believer says, I'm a Christian, uh, but my money is not connected with my spirituality. What's the, what's the issue here on the spiritual side of money? Mm, well, there's, there's probably a few things here, but the big one, I think, is probably identity. Uh, are we getting our identity from things of this world? Um, our, our, you know, the house we live in, the school our kids go to, the cars we drive, the jobs we have, are they where we're getting our identity from or are we getting our, our identity from the fact that we are precious children of God with of enormous worth uh, that's that's the real the clincher here because if you're getting your your value and your sense of worth from the world then that's going to drive you to make certain financial decisions um, and probably the example I, I may have given before is that you know when I was 21 I was a, only been a Christian for a short time um, I was a stockbroker and not only did I want to be successful but I sort of almost unconsciously wanted to look successful and as a result of that that meant spending money on you know European cars and borrowing money and having fancy suits and clothing and all this kind of stuff all of which had <laughs> no no meaningful value but my identity was in what I was doing and wanting to look successful at you know at that young age you know young guy on, on his way on his journey um, as opposed to the reality is that those things are all very temporary uh, and that my real worth is in the fact that I will, I'm a precious child of God and one day I'll be with him in heaven. And that's the, the big shift. And as I say, that's why money is very spiritual um, and it's very seductive. It can take you away from God. And so the, the message I'd really want listeners to, to take away is that ask yourself the question, how is money affecting your life in terms of your relationship with God? Is it taking you away from God? Or are you using money as a tool for doing good for God? Um, because money can easily drift us away from God um, because we become idolatrous towards it. You know, we fall in love with it. And that can really take you away from your, your true love of God. So it is very spiritual. Important getting our heads around that. No doubt uh, for long-term solutions, understanding these attitudes we have to the spirituality of money is going to do uh, something good for us, hold us in good stead. But uh, come down to some of these practical things. Uh, not everybody gets their head around some of the, you know, the big picture issues like the spirituality of money. But 
everyone's interested in uh, the finance expert saying, well, what do I do? What are the practical things that I do to behave well with my money? Or what are the things that uh, typically are overlooked when it comes to how Christians manage their money? Any thoughts here, Alex? Yeah, look, in terms of um, the planning side of it, uh, in terms of you know, getting ahead, you, you need to really, as I say, bring God into it as number one. And number two, start looking at what goals should you have, both, you know, normal day-to-day goals as well as the, the biblical Christian goals in terms of how we're going to use our money for God's kingdom. And, and then do a spending plan. Look at how you're actually spending your money and, and make sure you're spending it wisely. Um, so that, they're the sort of starting points. But in terms of the the, where the areas that are often overlooked, I mean, the classic thing is uh, the two big areas that are completely overlooked are often insurance and estate planning. So what do I mean by that? Well, estate planning, what happens to your money when you die? You know, it's your final act of stewardship. Um, who are you going to leave? And I always say to people, it's not really who you're going to leave your money to, it's who are you going to leave God's money to? Okay, and when you put it like that, it's much more serious. And that's an area that's often completely overlooked. In fact, I think it's roughly 40% of Australians die intestate. That means they die without a will. So basically, the state determines where their money will go to. And that's not something we should be doing as good stewards. And the other one, of course, is insurance. You know, how do you protect your loved ones if something happens to you? You know, you either die prematurely or you're disabled. How are you going to make sure that your loved ones are going to be taken care of? You know, we know we live in a fallen world. We know that things can happen um, you know, to good people, and therefore we need to uh, put certain building blocks in place to make sure um, our families are well looked after. Of course, we trust God through this process. So some people say to me, oh, Alex, you know, um, having insurance in place, that just means I'm showing lack of faith. No, it's actually showing wisdom and acknowledging the fact that you live in a... a um, a fallen world, and God wants you to use uh, what you've what He's given you, and including you know, using the wisdom that He gives you to plan appropriately and put the right building blocks in place to look after your family and to build His kingdom. I wonder whether, as Christian believers, we don't put enough urgency on this, and uh, the urgency might well lead us to a point simply where we take that hour, maybe with our spouse, uh, to reevaluate what we think about our money, but. Have we got a day to waste? Can you just, uh, you know, what's that old saying? K Serah, Serah, what will be, will be. I just won't worry about it. I'll just drift along, go with the flow. And, uh, you know, if I get to the end of my life and, and that's it, well, that's so be it. But there's a lot more can be done, as you say, with your money if you've got a plan. Uh, thoughts here on whether we can waste a day here or is there an urgency for Christians to get a right perspective uh, on money? Uh, Absolutely. Look, I'd say it's very much urgent in the sense that um, most people do procrastinate. Most people do put put it off. I mean, the average age, for example, that someone goes and sees a financial planner is often not till 55, often when it's too late. And that's when they're starting to think, oh, I've got to do something. But from a Christian perspective, I think it goes back to the beginning. And that is as soon as we do have money, you know, even from a young age, we need to start learning to be good stewards of it and looking at money in a new light. So rather than looking at it as just a, a simple tool for my day-to-day getting by and paying bills and paying rent and all that kind of thing, we should actually look and go, wow, this is a tool that God has given me 
to do immense good with it? What can I sow into? Who can I help? Who can I who can I bless? What ministries can I support? Um, and have this different perspective on our life. I mean, I think one of the things we need to reclaim in, in Christian culture within Australia and indeed in the West in general is this eternal perspective on our lives, realising that life is, um, you know, we treat Australia as a as a playground when in fact it's a battleground and we need to as christians stop playing around and stop just having a good time as much as you know god wants us to enjoy and have a rest and stuff we want to get away from the playground mentality and get into the battleground mentality saying right what can i do in the limited time i've got what can i sow into what can i do that is going to have lasting value and a lot more joy by the way will come from that all these things like new cars all these things they're all very temporary and they're all going to rust Ultimately, they're all going to disappear. What we need to do is shift our mentality as believers in this nation to having that eternal perspective, because that's when we're going to see real change in our nation, when Christians start getting this kingdom mindset towards their financial resources and living generous lives. That's when we'll see radical change, I think, in this society. Alex Cook, amazing insights as always. Alex Cook is the founder of Wealth With Purpose. You can visit the Wealth With Purpose website, wealthwithpurpose.com. Free resources there, ebooks, the My Toolkit, videos, podcast content. You can follow Alex on Facebook and on Twitter. There's even an Ask Alex at wealthwithpurpose.com email that you can be in touch with Alex Cook. Alex, great insights as always. Thanks so much for joining us today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. My pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.